ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد carrying on then with al-aqidah at-tahawiyya we're on the statement of al-imam at-tahawi where he says hayyun la yamutu qayyumun la yanamu this is talking about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kama qala ta'ala الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم فالنفي السنة والنوم دليل على كمال حياته وقيوميته وقال تعالى ألف لام ميم الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم نزل عليك الكتاب بالحق مصدقا لما بين يديه وانزل التوراه والانجيل وقال تعالى في موضع اخر وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم وقال وتوكل على الحي الذي لا يموت وقال هو الحي لا اله الا هو وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الله لا ينام ولا ينبغي له ان ينام اخرجه مسلم all of these texts those ayat that you heard that hadith you heard they are all evidences mentioned by Ibn Abil Izz regarding the point that Al-Imam Al-Tahawi now makes regarding our aqidah in Allah that Allah is hayyun alive the ever-living attributed with life la yamut he does not die that we already spoke about he is the first without beginning and he is the last without ending so he is alive no doubt a life of absolute perfection dalilun ala kamal hayatihi upon the perfection of the life of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa qayyumiyatihi when it says Allah la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum al-hayy life alive al-qayyum what does al-qayyum mean then it has two sides to it it means the one who is completely self-sufficient and does not require anything from anyone completely self-sufficient has no need or requirement from anyone or anything that is one meaning of al-qayyum so allah is no doubt al-qayyum completely self-sufficient meaning 
has absolutely no need for anything or anyone in creation. The second meaning of Al-Qayyum, that goes side by side with this together, is that not only is Allah the one who is completely self-sufficient, not in need of others, He on top of that is the one who provides the sufficiency to others. Meaning all others, we need Allah to provide us sufficiency. Rizq, food, water, drink, clothes. We are in need of Allah to provide that for us. We are not self-sufficient. So Allah is absolutely self-sufficient, not in need of anyone. On top of that, He is the one who provides the sufficiency to His creation. That is Al-Qayyum. No need for anything Himself from anyone. And on top of that, He is the one who provides the needs of all others, all of the creation, everyone asking from Him and in need of Him. So He is Al-Hayyu and Al-Qayyum. Also we spoke about this part, لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم That sleep and slumber does not overcome Him. We said when you mention negations regarding Allah, it is for the purpose of highlighting the opposite in perfection. So Allah is not overcome by sleep or tiredness, indicating the perfection of the strength and ability and might and majesty of Allah. Perfection. No sleep, no tiredness, no deficiency. And that is what is mentioned here. لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم He is not overcome by sleep nor slumber. Therefore, he is absolutely perfect in power and ability and might and majesty. And all of these ayat, they tell you those points. All of the ayat we quoted, various ayat in the Qur'an telling you that Allah is Al-Hayy, the one who is alive, the ever-living, in perfection of life, with no deficiency within it. And that He is Al-Qayyum, the self-sufficient, providing sufficiency for others. لَمَّا نَفَى الشَّيْخُ رَحِمَهُ أشار إلى ما تقع به التفرقة بينه وبين خلقه بما يتصف به تعالى دون خلقه فمن ذلك أنه حي لا يموت لأن صفة الحياة الباقية مختصة به تعالى دون خلقه فإنهم يموتون Previously we had been doing a lot of discussion about how there is no comparison between Allah and Creation. In this point now, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi takes it a level higher and shows you certain characteristics of Allah that creation just do not have in the first place. He is alive, does not die. In creation, you cannot make any comparison because all of creation absolutely dies. So Imam Al-Tahawi spent some time leading up to this, talking about how you cannot make comparisons between Allah and the creation. 
Now he moves on to giving you some examples of Allah's superiority upon creation where it is not even possible to have an example. Showing you the perfection and the might and the majesty and the superiority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is the living, does not die. In creation that doesn't exist. All of creation dies. Even though now you may have heard the scientists, they do all of their things. And in some places now, one in America, maybe other places in the world too, they have this special laboratory, a special scientific place. You pay them a few hundred thousand pounds, few hundred thousand pounds. And when you die, they freeze your body. Not just like ice. They take your blood out and they put this type of ice water in. Keeps all of your body inside, outside frozen. Why do they do it? Why are you going to pay a few hundred thousand pounds to do that? Because they keep your body in minus 200 degrees. Frozen, blood taken out, other stuff put inside to keep all your veins and arteries still good. Because if you freeze the body from outside, inside it goes corrupt. Inside the veins and the arteries, they burst and everything. So now they take the blood out and they put minus 200 degrees liquid and frozen and everything. Keep your body preserved. Because the idea is, you pay a few hundred thousand pounds, have your body preserved. One day in the future, if they work out how to bring people back to life, your body will be there ready to be brought back to life. That is the purpose of this uh, company. You pay them a few hundred thousand pounds, they keep your body. Perfect your body, your skin, everything perfect, minus 200 degrees. Inside your body, everything, perfect. They say, if one day, if one day they work out in the future, 1,000 years, 2,000 years, they work out how to bring people back to life, then we have paid the money, contract is there, we are going to be on your list to bring us back to life. This is what they say. And you won't believe it. If you can't afford a few hundred thousand pounds, too much, you haven't got that much money, you can pay less. And this is true. You can pay less and they will preserve your head. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, Google, you search yourself. They will pres- Because the head is where everything is, they believe. So they will preserve your head and then in the future, bring your head back on body, whatever, back to life. They do all of these things, even now they have some scientists, even though these scientists are not accepted by the scientific community. You have scientists, one particular famous one. He says in a few years, he is working on some research, in a few years he believes he'll be able to do head transplants. Take the head of one person, uh, uh, somebody who's died, get their body quickly, this person is paralyzed, take his head off, put it onto the head of that body, and he'll be working. He says he can do that. They talk about all of these things they can do, and all of this science they're going to do, and they talk about they're going to bring people back to life. They have this facility now, and there are people who have signed on, and their bodies are frozen there, hundreds of thousands of pounds, they think they're going to be brought back to life. And they have wasted every penny. They will never be brought back to life. Until the resurrection occurs. And then they will be resurrected. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one. He is the ever living, does not die. 
all of creation, they will die. And that's why Allah said in the Quran, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ Every soul shall taste death. In the Quran, every soul shall taste death. You cannot escape death. In the womb, when you are born, when a person is in the womb of his mother, it mentions, فَيُرْسَلُ إِلَيْهِ الْمَلَكِ فَيَنْفُخُ فِيهِ الرُّوحِ The angel is sent and blows the soul into that baby. وَيُؤْمَرُ بِكَتْبِ أَرْبَعِ كَلِمَاتِ And the angel is commanded to write down four things. What are those four things? Rizq, the rizq of that person, بِكَتْبِ رِزْقِهِ وَبِكَتْبِ أَجَلِهِ When will he die? It's written down there in the decree for that person. When he will die. وَشَقِيٌّ أَوْ سَعِيدٌ Whether he will be from the happy or the sad, people of paradise or hell. But his lifespan is written there. His decree is written there. So you will not escape death whatever you do. You cannot escape death. So Allah is the only one. حَيٌّ لَا Alive does not die. Al-Qayyum self-sufficient and provides the sufficiency to others. وَمِنْهُ أَنَّهُ قَيُّومٌ لَا إِذْ هُوَ مُخْتَصٌ بِعَدَمِ النَّوْمِ وَالسِّنَةِ دُونَ خَلْقِهِ Similarly, sleep and slumber. That is something that does not overcome Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sleep and slumber, tiredness and laziness. It does not overcome Allah. Whereas creation, they are overcome with this. Creation, they sleep. Creation become tired, slumber. These are acts that occur to us. And there are some who it may not occur to. But that becomes a disease and a deficiency for them. There are those people you hear about the medical cases. A person who didn't sleep for six months. Absolutely true. Medical cases of people. They have extreme insomnia. An individual for several months, I don't remember how long now, several months never slept, could not sleep. Medical problem with his body, his brain, the way Allah decreed. He could not sleep for several months. And they did uh, uh, a study on him. And they used to go and record him. And they did studies on him. And slowly over the weeks you can see all of his body is finishing. All of his weight is losing, losing his weight, losing everything, his eyes, everything. Cannot sleep. He cannot sleep. Sleeping pills, all the medicines, the way Allah has decreed for him, he could not sleep. That for humans becomes not a strength. It becomes even more of a deficiency and a disease if you cannot sleep. Allah has created that in us, that it gives us rest and it gives us ability to become stronger once we awaken from it. So that is something specific to Allah that he does not sleep and it does not overcome him and slumber does not overcome him. But us as humans, we are weak and we are in need of that. We are in need of the sleep and in need of the, 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 the fatigue which occurs 
and then we sleep after that, and we rest after that, and then we regain our ability once again. So again, this is something you can't compare. There is no comparison. Humans, creation, we sleep. Yet Allah does not sleep. So you can see how Imam Al-Tahawi here, after telling you you cannot compare Allah to creation, gives you some examples where absolutely you cannot compare Allah to creation. Showing you the superiority of Allah. Allah is the ever-living, does not die, we die. Allah is the all-powerful, does not sleep, we sleep. Does not uh, become uh, overwhelmed by sleep or slumber, tiredness, we do. All of these differences in the greatness of Allah compared to the deficiencies we have. فَالْحَيُّ بِحَيَاتٍ بَاقِيَةٍ لَا يُشْبِهُ الْحَيَّ بِحَيَاتٍ زَائِلَةٍ Someone alive with an everlasting life cannot be compared to someone alive with a finite life. Somebody alive, the one who has life infinitely, cannot be compared to someone who has life short term only. Straight away that shows you, there's no way you can ever compare Allah to creation in anything. Allah is the one who is alive, we are alive. But Allah is alive, no beginning, no end, infinite. We are alive, finite. A few days, a few months, a few years, and that's it. So there is no comparison between us and Allah. وَلِهَذَا كَانَتِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا مَتَاعًا وَلَهْوًا وَلَعِبًا وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ فَالْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا كَالْمَنَامِ وَالْحَيَاةُ الْآخِرَةَ كَالْيَقَضَى وَلَا يُقَالْ فَهَذِهِ وَلَا يُقَالْ فَهَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الْآخِرَةَ كَامِلَةً وَهِيَ لِلْمَخْلُوقِ لَا لِأَنَّا نَقُولُ الْحَيُّ الَّذِي الْحَيَاةُ مِنْ صِفَاتِ مِنْ صِفَاتِ ذَاتِهِ اللَّازِمَةِ لَهَا So here then it refers to the fact that our lives they come to an end our lives, they come to an end. And that's why these lives we have here, you have all of the, the, the pleasures and the luxuries and the various things in this world. It is all there. Our lives are temporary and small. And that is where the test is. Will you go after those few luxuries in this temporary life of yours? Or will you put this life of yours for the sake of Allah and submit it? For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبٌ أَوْ عَابِرُ سَبِيلٌ Be in this world as though you are a stranger or a passerby. كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبٌ أَوْ عَابِرُ سَبِيلٌ Be in this world like you are a stranger here passing through. Don't be in this world like you are muqeem. You are not here resident, you are not going to be here forever. It is only a few days and a few nights, they come and go. And then the barzakh and the hereafter awaits you. So these two names, Al-Hayyu, Al-Qayyum, they are actually mentioned in the Qur'an together in three different surahs. In three different parts of the Qur'an, those two names are mentioned together. Al-Hayyu Al-Qayyum. And these two are from the greatest of the names of Allah. Wahuma, 
يعني الحي والقيوم من أعظم أسماء الله الحسنى حتى قيل إنهما الاسم الأعظم الحي القيوم these two names are from the greatest of the names of Allah it has even been said by some that those are the greatest of the names of Allah so they are certainly from the greatest of the names of Allah and that is because of what they indicate in their meanings indicating to you the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the perfection of his life the perfection of his self-sufficiency, not requiring an atom's weight from anything in his creation. And that indicates to you the greatness and the might and the majesty, the infinite, no beginning, no end of that might and majesty of Allah. And that is why the scholars have mentioned these are from, certainly the greatest of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They therefore say that all of the other names and the, the other names of Allah, they all revolve around these names. All of the other names of Allah revolve around these names. All of the other names of Allah have a link to Al-Hay. He is the ever-living, the complete in his life. All of the other attributes are even further proof of the completeness and the perfection of the life of Allah. And they all indicate the might and the majesty in His self-sufficiency and not needing anything in His creation. So they say all of the other names of Allah, in reality you could say they all come back to having an association and revolving around these two names of Allah. Then it goes on to say, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says next, Khaliqun bila haja, raziqun bila mu'una. That he is the creator without need. He has created all of us, not because he needed something from us. Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says, Allah created us all, but not because He needed something from us. That's not the reason why Allah created us. Allah did not create us for some benefit that He would receive from us. That is not the purpose of our creation. How do we know that? Because Allah told us in the Qur'an, Allah said, قَالَ تَعَالَى فِي شَرْحِ قَوْلِ الْإِمَامَ الطَّحَاوِي خَالِقٌ بِلَا حَاجَةٌ وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّزَّاقُ ذُو الْقُوَّةِ الْمَتِينَ Allah says that I did not create the jinn or the humans except for them to worship me upon tawheed. And then Allah goes on to say in the very next ayah connected to it, I do not want from them any rizq. I do not want from them any rizq, any sustenance. 
And I do not want them to feed me. Do not require any rizq or sustenance or food from them. Indeed, Allah is the provider. Inna Allah huwa razzaq. Allah is the provider. So Allah tells you, I created the jinn and the humans for them to worship me. Allah tells you then, I don't require anything from them. Do not require any sustenance, any provisions from them. Uh, indeed, Allah Himself, He is the one who provides. He is the one who gives the rizq. So here we see, خَالِقٌ بِلَا حَاجَةٌ He is the one who created all of creation without any need from them, without any idea of some benefit Allah was going to get from them. No, Allah created us for our benefit for us to worship Him. He does not require anything from us. And that is proven also في حديث أبي ذر رضي الله عنه قال It's mentioned in the narration قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما يروي عن ربه يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم ما زاد ذلك في ملك شيئا يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أفجر قلب رجل واحد منكم ما نقص ذلك من من ملك شيئا يا عبادي لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم قاموا في سعيد واحد فسألوني فعطيت كل إنسان مسألته ما نقص ذلك مما عندي إلا كما ينقص المخيط إذا أدخل البحر الحديث رواه مسلم This narration we've mentioned before حديث where Allah says my servants if all of you from the beginning to the end Humans and jinn were upon the most righteous heart of one of you. Meaning all of you are absolutely pious. All of the jinn, all of the humans, everybody. All of you are upon absolute piety and righteousness. Allah says, that would not, it would not increase my kingdom anything. If all of creation, jinn and humans were the most righteous of people, Allah says, مَا زَادَ ذَلِكَ فِي مُلْكِ شَيْئًا That would not increase in my kingdom anything. And then, the opposite. Allah says, if all of you were the most evil of people, upon the heart of the most evil one amongst you, that would not take away anything from my kingdom. It would not decrease my kingdom in any way. And then Allah says, if all of you from beginning to end, humans and jinn, were stood upon a plain of land, and all of you made dua, every single one, and I gave every single one what they wanted, it wouldn't decrease my kingdom anything. I answered the dua of every single one, would not decrease my kingdom. And then an example is given to highlight that. The example given is a needle. You go to the ocean, you dip the needle into the ocean. How much water of the ocean do you take out on that needle? Negligible, nothing. Nothing at all. From that ocean you dip in the needle, that bit of water that sticks to the needle, what have you taken out? Absolutely nothing of that ocean. That is the example Allah gives you. 
Allah will give everybody their dua what they want and it will not decrease or take away anything from his kingdom. So here when Imam Al-Tahawi says, Khaliqun bila haja, Allah created us all without any need from any of us. Allah doesn't need anything from us. He didn't create us because He needed something from us. Not at all. Raziqun bila mu'una. That Allah is the one who provides for us without any burden. Without any burden. Us humans, it becomes a burden. If we say to one brother now, we say to one brother, you tonight, you go and buy food for everyone in this room. And then next week, we say to him, you again, go buy the food for everyone in this room. He's still okay, he's happy, but by the time you get to the sixth week or the seventh week, and you keep saying, you go buy the food for everyone, he's not going to come to the classes anymore. Because now the burden has become too much. Humans, we give to others, we can give. But there's only a limit. No matter who the richest person in the world is, you have a limit. Everything is a limit. Our kingdoms, our, our wealth, it is only finite. It's only a section. We do not have the overall kingdom that is for Allah. So as humans, burden. We have burden. You can help other people, but only to a certain amount. Eventually you're going to say, I can't do anymore. You can help somebody do something, help them for a week, two months, a year, two years after that, you say, there's nothing more I can do. That's the way humans are. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never provides for His creation, answers their du'as, and never has any burden upon Him. Never has any restriction or burden in answering the du'as of His creation. So that is what Al-Imam Al-Tahawi mentions there. Then, قَوْلُهُ مُمِيتٌ بِلَا مَخَافَةٌ بَاعِثٌ بِلَا مَشَقَّةٌ That Allah is the one who causes death upon the creation. Creation dies. Allah gives death upon the creation without any fear. And Allah will resurrect all of this creation without any difficulty. Allah gives death to creation without any fear. There is no fear, there is no issue. Allah has the ability to do all of that. And then, after giving death to all of the creation, it is Allah who, without any difficulty, will resurrect them and bring them all back again. Allah gives them death. And then Allah will resurrect them all. Bila mashakka. Imam al-Tahawi says, without any difficulty. With no difficulty whatsoever, Allah will raise them all up again. Allah will resurrect them all from their graves. You know the narration about the man who used to be a sinner. Sinner. So when he was about to die, he said to his sons, when I die, Burn my body into ashes. Burn it until there's nothing left, ashes. Then the ashes, take half of them and go and sprinkle them over the ocean. And the other half, throw them onto the wind, on the land everywhere. Spread them and get rid of my ashes everywhere. Why? On the day of judgment, he will be asked, why? 
He will say, because he was a sinner and he feared that if he was resurrected, that Allah would punish him severely. So he believed, had iman regarding the punishment and regarding the resurrection, etc. overall. As a consequence, in the hereafter it's mentioned he's forgiven. Because of that true iman he had in that affair. Yes, he had the misunderstanding thinking that Allah would not be able to bring him back together if he is split like that. But overall because of his genuine fear of Allah, his genuine fear. He feared that if I'm resurrected, it's, it's finished for me. So he said to his sons, burn my body, spread my ashes on the sea, on the land. I don't want to be resurrected. But of course, Allah will resurrect him. All those ashes brought back together, the body will be resurrected again. So Allah will resurrect the people without difficulty. Allah mentions in the Quran, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah is the one who created death and life to test you. Which of you is the best in actions? And then we know that on the day of judgment, what happens to death? In the afterlife, is there more death to come? There is no more death. Paradise forever, hellfire forever. So there's a hadith about what happens to death. Anybody? Death will death. Death will death. And mouth mouth. Oh, إنه يؤتى بالموت يوم القيامة على صورة كبش أملح فيذبح بين الجنة والنار. On that day, death is brought in the form of a uh, a ram, like a, like a goat, a ram, brought in that appearance, and it is slaughtered, and so that is the end of death. No more death, paradise forever or hellfire forever. Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi says, death is an abstract entity. Death isn't an item. But Allah is all capable and Allah makes death into the appearance of this item. This ram on the day of judgment, Allah makes that occur. Now we know it's an abstract item. وَإِن كَانَ عَرَضًا يعني الموت فَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَقْلِبُهُ عَيْنًا Allah makes it into an entity كَمَا وَرَدَ فِي الْعَمَلِ الصَّالِحِ أَنَّهُ يَأْتِي صَاحِبَهُ فِي صُورَةِ الشَّابِ الْحَصِلِ وَالْعَمَلُ الْقَبِيحِ عَلَى أَقْبَحِ صُورَةِ that it's mentioned about the good deeds. Your good deeds will come to you in the appearance of a beautiful youth. But your evil deeds will come to you in the appearance of the most disgusting appearance. So Allah makes things that are abstract now, not physical, nothing entities, into things that are entities on the day of judgment. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, may do and does. Uh, and then... This point is something we know from the aqeedah of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, the resurrection, al-Ba'ath, 
That is something from our Iman. Uh, it's from Al-Iman Bil-Yawm Al-Akhir, the Iman in the Day of Judgment, that the resurrection will occur, the people will be taken from their graves, and then the Hisab and the Mizan and the Suhuf, all of those things occur, and all of those will come in this Aqidah yet. All of those details regarding the Day of Judgment will also come. But here the point he wanted to make was, Allah is the one who gives death upon the people, and then He, without any difficulty, will resurrect them all again. Whether they burnt themselves and cremated themselves, whether they were buried in the ground, whether they were eaten by a whale, by, an, by a, a predator in the jungle, eaten alive, nothing left of their body, they will be resurrected and brought back together again on that day for the accountability to occur. Perhaps that is the section we'll have to leave it on today for the Maghrib prayer is approaching. But inshallah ta'ala we'll start with the next point next time, uh, which is regarding uh, more of the details of the names and attributes of Allah. Any questions up to there? Any questions, anything else? Khalas, we'll conclude there. Carry on next week, uh, inshallah, 7 p.m. Slightly delayed today getting here, but inshallah, next week, 7 p.m. On time, we'll begin uh, to get a full hour in before Maghrib. So we'll conclude there.